When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of the Baseball Tealer Podcast, Baseball Family. This week, we're going to go through playoff clinchers, the Red Hot Yanks, and we'll break down some stats for dummies and those who just don't know. That starts right now. Nine Plus Us presents the Baseball Together Podcast with your hosts, Blackjack Brad and Kansas City Little Big Briggy Blue Eyes. And now, Baseball Together. Welcome to this week's episode of the Baseball Together Podcast, Baseball Family. As always, I am Brad, and I'm joined by our guy, Brig. hey <laughs> <laughs> Hi. So, real quick, before we get into things, let, let's uh, go down how you guys can get in touch with the show. You can join our VIP Facebook group, 9 Plus Us VIPs, totally free. Send us a request, and we will add you to the Facebook group. Um, we'll get into it another time about why it's private and uh we, we like it that way uh but anyways you can submit an email to our mailbag the link to the mailbag is in the doobly-doo of every single episode you can get in touch with us on instagram and twitter at baseball together on instagram at baseball the number two together on twitter and you can always comment on youtube for sure comment on youtube we will uh we'll always respond to those comments but anyways should we get it rolling break Get into this. Let's do this. Yes. Okay. So we are in the final week of the regular season. It went fast. Yes. And and these playoff clinchers came in even faster. I felt like um, when I got when I started getting <laughs> notifications that teams were clinching, I was like, "Whoa, whoa! It, it's not time. <laughs> not time yeah. yet." But it was jarring. Sure enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It. But it's definitely time. Um, we've got. The Rays and the Yankees in the AL East and Brig. Yeah, we'll get in. We'll get into a little bit, but your Yankees, holy smokes! Yeah, baby, Unreal. they win ten in a row. Yeah, they did. And they then didn't lose got- a game from the ninth. I know we're going to get into it, but from the ninth to the nineteenth, they didn't lose a single game. That's a long time. Long time. Yeah, yeah. But then you've got you've got the White Sox. <laughs> And you got the Twins who have clinched in the Central, in the AL Central. And uh, I'd, I don't know if anybody's going to beat the White Sox, but we'll get into that another day. And then you've got For the sure. Oakland A's who have clinched the AL West. Um, mm-hmm. They're six up on the Astros as of right now. That's Monday night. Um, and the Astros, yep. uh, they won't catch them. They're six games back. They're, they're not going to catch the A's. The A's have the AL West wrapped up, essentially. Yep. So that is so There's far. A week left. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, so far that is your AL playoff picture. Let's get into the NL. Mm-hmm. The only teams that have clinched so far are the Dodgers and the Padres. I know. Is this alarming to you? Am I the only one that's like, what? <laughs> no. It, yeah, that's exactly what I thought of when I saw it. I was like, well, wait, what? What's going What? Because, I mean, you've got in the East, you've got the Phillies, four and a half back of the Braves, and you've got the Marlins of all the teams. The Marlins managed to st- managed to stick with it, 
They're 28 and 25 on Monday night, and they are three games back of the NL East leading Braves. And uh, good on you for Miami because they were fielding people off the street to put together a team at one point. <laughs> yeah, so, they were. Derek Jeter so. almost got back in the game, I think. You know, I was half expecting him to see to see him pull a Michael Jordan and put on a, on a uniform and get out there. Right? I mean, like, I would not me. have actually been surprised at all if they're like, now starting at shortstop. You know? Mm-hmm. Number two. Yep. <laughs> Number two. Okay, sorry. Derek. <laughs> Anywho. Uh, so the Central still isn't wrapped up either. you got the Cubs four up on the Cardinals and then four and a half mm-hmm. up on the Reds. Um, Do you think the Cards have a chance to catch the Cubbies? No, I don't. I don't um, either. Yeah, but I think they'll close the gap. That's what I wanted to say. Yeah, I could see them being within two games when two the season ends. Yeah, three even, sure. But I don't think yeah. they'll stay at four. No, I don't think they'll stay at four. Um, and then you, But the Brewers are five and a half back, but with a week week left, that's that's too much time. They're yep. not gonna, it's too much time. They're not going to be able to do it. But yep. So, but no. What's interesting is when you get into the wild card situation. Do you want to? You ready to switch over to that? Yeah, let's do it. I I love the wild card. All about. I that. do too. I do too. Um, Unpopular opinion alert. We love the wild card. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't. I don't love everything about the wild card. I like the race. I like to see. Because it's storyline, it's passion, it's it's tense mm-hmm. tension, and I like all that stuff. So, exactly, and that, um, that's always been my argument with more teams in the playoffs is that it creates more races longer. Yeah, you know, people. I don't know. Anyway, but we can get on the, into that another time. You can't. So yeah, you can't argue with it. So in the AL, we've got Cleveland and Toronto battling out for the wild card spot. Spots, uh-huh. excuse me. Yeah, I mean right, they pretty much two got spots, it wrapped right? up. <laughs> Yeah, they've they've pretty much got it wrapped up. You've got Detroit yeah. and Baltimore are five back a piece. Like it's just a matter of like just a matter of a day or so until those are going to be clinched because yeah, neither like those teams aren't going to collapse. Toronto's well, really even good. the Angels and the Mariners are four and a half games back from the wild card situation as well. They are, um, but they're actually both half a game closer to the Astros. If either of those teams are going to catch anybody, it's going to be Houston. Agreed. Yes, sir. And and at, at this point, um, I've I haven't given up total hope of Seattle catching Houston. Um, basically, they have to sweep them. They're playing over the next few days, and they've got to sweep them. And yeah. with with Seattle's history with Houston, even before they were any good. It doesn't look good, <laughs> not not even a little bit. Even though I will say this, the seventh inning just ended and the Mariners are up four to nothing. So, right. I mean, if they can take one tonight and get within three games, makes it a little more hopeful. But it's still it just it's not a good situation when, when Seattle has to play Houston. So, so I'm yeah. I'm honestly I'm giving I'm giving that second spot in the West to Houston. Uh huh. So. Yeah. I could see it. And then in the in the National League, it's so far the wild card situation looks like Cincinnati mm-hmm. and Philadelphia. Yeah, cuz I mean San Francisco is technically tied by percentage, 
with Philly. With Philly. Yeah, that's right. Um, but yeah, the Giants, both at, I don't feel like... at 500. Yeah, and, and that's... I mean, the Giants are 5-5 five and five in their last 10. The Phillies are 4-6. and six, But the Phillies are a team that are so streaky that I could see them yeah. winning out. I don't feel like that's well, out of the realm of possibility. They could win out. They could lose out. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if either of them happened. Even <laughs> so, with Bryce cutting his hair? Especially with Bryce cutting his hair. It's like Samson. Oh, no. No. <laughs> Stop it right now. <laughs> You're supposed to be superstitious, Brad. You're a baseball person, okay? Well, that's what I'm saying is they they went on, they won what, <laughs> 10 of 13, and then he cut his hair, and they went on a little bit of a losing streak. They did. They blew it for a while. That's what I'm saying. Is that, <laughs> it's the hair. He should have left the hair, and they'd, they'd have still been winning. Should, yeah. That's why I'm saying. You don't you think mess they have with a chance the streak. To keep it. Are you right? So. I just started watching Brockmire, by the way, and that was the best streak <laughs> um, s- solution I've ever heard of in my entire life. Are you, so aren't for those you so of glad you, that you started watching that show? <laughs> I am. I am. And uh, it is since this is a family-friendly show, I feel like I should put a disclaimer out there and say it is not a family-friendly experience, and no. I do not endorse it for everyone. However, if you are... Uh, if you have no aversion to crude humor and all of the inappropriate <laughs> jokes, I mean, all of the inappropriate all jokes. All of the inappropriate jokes. <laughs> then it is yeah. wildly hilarious. I mean, it's beyond funny, but um, but man, it takes a it takes a real tough character to watch Brock Meyer, I think. <laughs> it does, yeah. It's, you got, it's Hank Azaria, um, yeah. who's, you know, did the, did the Simpsons for a long time. He does a, a myriad of voice. I'm does myriad of voices and characters across the board in just about any movie you've ever seen. Um, but he yeah. is Hank, he is Brockmire and man, it's, it's funny. It's, he really is funny, a salty yeah, dog. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Just to speak pirate for a minute. That's how I feel. So, okay, Brad, riddle me this Brad, man. Okay. You like that? That's pretty good. Yeah. That was good. Okay. That was so good. <laughs> the, uh, let's take the, let's just take Cleveland. Okay, Cleveland is two games up in the wild card. They've got a two-game lead. Their win percentage is 556. Okay. Toronto, holding the number two slot right now, anyway, is the standings Monday night. They're at a 519 win percentage. Okay? Mm-hmm. Let's jump over to the National League wild card race. Cincinnati has a 509 win percentage, and Philly has a 500 win percentage tied with like we said with san francisco so why why brad are the win percentages such a disparity between the american league and the national league every year and here's a here's a prime example so let so tampa bay has the best win percentage right now in the american league at 655 Mm -hmm. and the best win percentage in the national league right now is 704 in la Mm mm-hmm yeah. There's always this disproportionate weight happening in the in in the, between the National League and the American League. I don't get it, man. And you know, I don't I don't I don't get it either. And I thought it was going to even out a little bit more this year. Um just playing So did I. divisions like geographic divisions. Um but I mean, the Dodgers are really just that much better than everybody else. They're not even going to lose the, 20 games probably. Right. And and like, I don't know. And 
I mean, the, the Rays are good. I still think they could. I still think they have a real shot of making it to the World Series, but I don't think they could win it. Like I don't know that they could beat. I, I'm sure they could not beat the Dodgers. Um, I don't know they could beat the Cubs because the Cubs are very good. What, right, and so it's interesting when you examine. The Cubs have a 593 win percentage right now, and their last mm-hmm. ten, they're seven and three. And you take the Rays just to keep them in the loop, seven and three in the last ten, but they have a 655 win percentage. And you're saying that they don't, you don't think the Rays could beat the Cubs? I don't, and, and I think part of this is the bottom of the East divisions is so bad. Like the Red Sox were awful this year, just terrible. They're twenty and thirty four right now, and coming then in, in at a three seventy, yeah, yeah, and then you've got the Nats twenty one and thirty two at three ninety six, like yeah, they've been able to take advantage of bad teams and get wins off of them. You know the Mets have not been good this year. Um, right, the Orioles are just perennially terrible. You Pittsburgh know, so they can take advantage of that, and Pittsburgh like won fifteen as, games this season. Yeah, and. And you go back to the West with the Dodgers. You've got you got the D-backs who have not been good this year. The Rockies have not been very good this year. Um, the Rangers are terrible. They haven't even won twenty games yet. The Mariners are up and down. You don't know when you're going to get them. But the the Dodgers took advantage of that, and they they beat the Mariners every time they played them. Just about, you know. So yeah. it's and same thing with the Angels. The Angels aren't very good, and so they they're able to take advantage of that. And I think that that might be a little bit of an inflated win percentage. For the Dodgers because of that, but at the same time they yeah. are they're winning the games they're supposed to. That's right. The big the big ones and the small ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you've got the Cubs who had to play St. Louis, Cincinnati. Yeah. I I contend Cincinnati is not a bad team, and then they go they're not to a the bad American team. League, and they have to play the White Sox, the Twins, the Indians. Yeah, those are three very good teams. Yeah, I mean, the Indians are in third place in the AL Central, and they're six games over five hundred. Right, exactly. So, so I feel like that's part of the problem the Cubs have had is they've had more competition. That they like they've played better competition than any, really, you know, the Rays or the Dodgers have. So that's I think that's where that comes from. I just think it's funny every year. There's this huge. There's like this mm-hmm. clump of win percentages in the American League where it's like yeah yeah yeah, and then on the National League side it's always like polarized. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, the the good teams are really good, and the bad teams are really bad. I feel like in the National League, it's a little bit a little bit closer with most of the American League. Like last year, the Tigers were the worst team in the big leagues, and right. the Rangers and the Mariners were both terrible. But yeah. you look at it, and it's like, well, there were still teams in the National League that were way worse <laughs> than the Mariners and the Rangers. So, yeah, yeah, it's. I'm just it, glad I'm not the only one going, what's happening? Because Pittsburgh's sitting at 278. Okay. Yeah. I'll be done. Yeah. Not good. <laughs> That's what happens when you get rid of all your good players. <laughs> yeah. No doubt. Okay. Let's, but, let's, let's slide into some happy news. Yeah, for you. Yeah. Well, let's and, talk about the honest, bombers, like, bro. And <laughs> <laughs> That's right, buddy. Um, yes. He's letting me and, and you know, I was actually <laughs> quite happy to see the Yankees kind of like figure things out now and get get things going right again. Won ten in a row, and I mean, it helps they're playing the Red Sox for some of those. Um, yeah, yeah, that. But 
the, the first season time, in history that you could ever say that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's been a long time. <laughs> but but I mean they're hitting home runs again. They've got Judge back and got, I don't know what Stanton's been doing, but he's he's back. Is he back for now? Is that how uh, that's going right now? Nobody I don't even keep track of him anymore. <laughs> he's, he's played three games, his point. OPS is over a thousand, so nobody knows. <laughs> Okay, he's played 19 games. Okay, it's 19 out of almost 60 now. So, yeah, not a, not a good way to go. <laughs> not allowed but, to say. But I mean, I you mentioned say. it. The Yanks won <laughs> 10 in a row. They've lost. They've lost back to back games now since then. But I yeah, wouldn't be worried two, about that with the way they've been playing. I mean, you can't win every no. game. So, not when Luke Voigt's dropping 21 bombs on you. <sighs> I know. Unreal. That guy. League league leader twenty one, mm-hmm. off the yeah. bench. So, break. Are you ready for your Yankees and their uh, their run differential? This is a stat that yeah, I actually baby. like a lot. Is run differential? Yeah, send so it. The Rays. Wait, hold on. Are... For those of you watching, I'm gonna kick back. <laughs> and I gotta take a quick okay. drink. My mouth is getting dry. Hold on. Go ahead. Tell me. Tell me. Okay. You love run differential. I do. Because yeah. I feel like it tells more of a story. So first off, the White Sox, who are the second best team in the American League at this moment, right? They're plus seventy-two. Yes. They're running up on everybody. Then you've got the Rays, who have the best record in the American League, plus fifty-two. But the Yankees are right behind them at plus forty-nine. Yeah, tell the family what run differential is. So that is how many by how many runs they're outscoring their opponents. So if you go over three games and and the Yankees outscore the Red Sox, I'm just throwing a number out there, nine to six, they've got a plus three run differential. Right. And I mean the Twins are plus fifty five, so they're up there with the White Sox because Twins just hit a whole bunch of home runs. That's what they do. But yeah, plus forty nine. So with I Oakland mean, even, plus fifty six. Oh my gosh, they are. They are. Yeah, but so that so here's here's where I think run differential tells a lot tells a big story. Last year, the beginning of two thousand nineteen season, the Mariners went and won a whole bunch of games, but through I want to say it was through like twenty games, they had a, a run differential of like plus two. Mm-hmm. It's like that's not sustainable. You can't win. You can't win games by one, and lose games by eight. So no. I, I feel like the good teams are the teams that have big run differentials. So, like like I said, the Twins, plus 55. The Indians, plus 40. But then you get to Toronto, minus 21. That yeah. could be problematic because you've got to be able to outs- yeah. outscore in the in the playoffs because, I mean, pitching is going to be a, a premium here, but you've got you've to score well, runs let's to take, win. Let's take the Dodgers. They're plus yeah. 119. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's Which just, is astonishing. Yeah. And I and I feel like that goes back to my argument that they're feasting on bad teams because they're running. So of course it does. Everybody. Sure. You know. But Pittsburgh but the Padres is minus ninety three. Yeah, Padres are plus eighty four. Yeah. But then the yeah, Cubs are uh, just a positive twenty six. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that sustainable through the playoffs against a team with plus eighty four? Um I'd be more How do you uh, Against the Padres? How do you feel like? Yeah, I just picked the Padres for fun. 
How do you feel? I would probably. Do you take think the that this that run differential thing? What? I would probably take the Padres in that situation because they're both allowing. I mean, the Cubs have allowed two eleven, and the Padres yeah. allowed two sixteen. Yeah. So. And with, and you take the Padres. I'd take the Padres in that. So so okay for those people listening at home is this a factor is this something you factor into your predictive analysis do you when you say this is what i think the playoff race is going to look like is that are these statistics that you take into consideration runs allowed and run differential yeah i want i want to know what you guys think am i like off my rocker with loving run differential or do you guys think there's something there because i'd like to hear (laughs) like to hear you guys have to say yeah I would, I would too. Um, I'll withhold comment. <laughs> Just kidding. Why? I never do that. Um, I will. <laughs> I will tell you that I don't. I don't. That doesn't mean there's no value there. There is tremendous mm-hmm. amount of value. It's just not the first thing I think of, and it's it's not even the second thing I think of. I don't know why. And uh-huh. perhaps perhaps I will. You know, the more I let you influence my life, Brad, but. The point, <laughs> I just, it doesn't, it's not something I pay attention to automatically. And I don't know if I'm alone either. Maybe I am. And I, I very well, I think I am actually probably like pretty close to alone, if not entirely alone. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. Yeah. But should you be, that's the, the real question is, I don't know. are the rest of us not paying attention to this? And we ought to be, that's what I want to know. Cause there I'll bet, go. I'll bet that is true. That's so, a valid Brad, question. Brad's smart guy, guys guys and gals <laughs> so we listen to what he says because he's smart guy. He, he makes people mad that's why we call him blackjack yeah, Brad. but he knows yeah, his stuff <laughs> well thanks brick but hey um yeah <laughs> hey everybody um hey anyway there was some news that came down this week we talked a while ago i believe did we actually talk about it on the pod or we just texted about it justin verlander's forearm injury um, we talked about it on the pod yeah Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, that to me felt like at the time when it happened, I was like, that's like the first sign of Tommy John surgery. Like that's there's right. that yep. and there's direct elbow discomfort, but yeah, like that's one of them is the forearm. And so sure enough, Justin Verlander, Tommy John at 37 years old, he says he's going to try to make a comeback quite honestly. Wow. I don't, I don't think he'll be able to, it's too long of a rehab and you lose too much. I mean, he has reinvent, he has like kind of reinvented his career once already, but I don't know yeah. if, at at that age he'd be able to do it again okay but so. that he has an indomitable spirit i mean he just does right yeah no he and i understand that it, his mental game is is perhaps the best in the in the game right now so mm-hmm. and and because he has experience relearning it's mm-hmm. like i wonder if it's like learning a second language right once you learn how to learn a second language you can learn a third it's yeah, the hard part true. is learning how to do it. So if he goes, yeah. if he goes into Tommy John, he's at an advantage having already experienced reinvigorating his career imaginatively. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I'm not, I, I agree with you. I don't, I don't know that it's a, a high possibility that he is able to reinvent himself again, come back at mm-hmm. this, at this age after Tommy John and all that. But I don't think we should. I don't think we should sell him up the river yet. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. He's not. He's not done. 
quite yet. It's possible, but I'm not saying it's probable. How's that? That's how I would feel. Now, what would be okay. really interesting is if he comes back in a middle relief slot. He gets Tommy John. He's still got mm. some stuff, but his window is way shorter now. And instead of throwing 110 pitches and going into seven, eight, nine innings, he's mm-hmm. now relegated to two, two innings max. And he comes in and he throws 40 or 50 pitches max. I mean, that is extreme mm-hmm. max. And he and I could see that happening. Well, John Smoltz was a closer at the end of his career. Right, exactly. That Those transition, they happen. They're not common. Mm-hmm. People have a hard time with it, but mm-hmm. it happens. Yeah. You know, I hadn't thought of and, that. Maybe maybe that is his role going forward. He spends three years as a, as a closer or even a setup Which would be man. amazing because did you hear the name you just dropped in conjunction with this opportunity? Yeah. Yeah. So – he, you know what I'm saying? Like that, the weight of that was, was, God, was huge. So if you, and he has had the career that would justify that. If he comes back post Tommy John 37, so he'll be in his 38th year. He, yeah. And then, and then there's this swan song, the Cinderella moment, man, hall of fame. Well, and how about this? Smoltz had Tommy John at 34. Right. He was older. So, and and then that's that's what he came back and did was closed out games. So right, and he's the only pitcher in the Hall of Fame at, to have had Tommy John, right? Correct. So yeah, see, see, yeah. oh it, it man, did I, we just create? You no, know, I'm glad you brought it up because I I honestly hadn't hadn't thought about that angle, and it, it it's so crazy, it just might work. Yeah. It's pretty exciting. So, so we'll see. Mm-hmm. I don't know, that's what my gut says. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Well, let's go ahead and take a break. When we get back, baseball family, we're going to break down some stats for dummies. <laughs> not, not dummies. <laughs> <laughs> stats for people that don't get the stats. <laughs> take me out to the ball game. Take me out to the crowd. Buy me some peanuts and Cracker Jacks. I don't care if I never get back with me. Root, root, root for the home. day. don't win, it's a shame. For it's one, two, three strikes, you're out at the old ball game shop kids baseball shirts at 9plusss.com welcome back baseball family we have prepared a couple of things for you we think you'll enjoy this is for the diehard fans for sure because you'll feel validated by all this information we're about to drop on you but for those of you who are a little bit new to the game of baseball, especially our friends in India, Russia, and the Netherlands, that's right, we're paying attention, and mm-hmm. also to our four, our somehow forgotten friends in Ireland and France, come back, please, we, <laughs> <laughs> we know you're we there, you. and uh, we would love we for you. you to continue to download our episodes, but here we go. Mm-hmm. 
they've only missed one people it's fine we can't mm-hmm. we can't be too upset but listen we we're gonna get into statistics <laughs> we think statistics are interesting brad thinks they're fun i think they're they're information but brad really really likes them <laughs> so we're gonna <laughs> and that's what I makes do, this actually. conversation so much fun we're gonna talk about a few of our favorite statistics and some of the things that we think you need to know about baseball statistics we're going to go over batting average earned run average we're going to talk about what ops means war and whip those are the ones we've decided that you probably ought to know about whip 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 (laughs) what which way whip oh my gosh i hate that movie okay so (laughs) anyway Brig, before we get in there like you have no idea like how much I do legitimately love stats. Um, when I was in college and took statistics, I was like, oh, yeah, this is going to be awesome. <laughs> I've been studying baseball cards for years. I've been watching baseball tonight. I am up on statistics. I know how to calculate it and everything. And they go and they show me that bull. And I was like, that's not statistics. That's something that's- else. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but it's not statistics. So What do you... Wait a minute. I did never yeah. saw standard deviation on a baseball <laughs> St- card. You what? liar. Yeah, exactly. You. That's exactly right. I did not do False. well in the class, needless to say. <laughs> Nobody showed me a curve. What is a Z score? Yeah. What? Yeah. I don't even remember those terms, but yeah. No. <laughs> oh no. Oh man. No, leave me alone. Math. It's like the only math I was ever good at. <laughs> But anyways, that and we're going to get into baseball statistics. How's that? The ones that matter. Yeah, for so, real. Let's be honest. <laughs> so first, let's start Let's start really simple with batting average. What is a batting average? Yeah. A batting average, well, put simply, is it's just your average, I guess, just getting on base of the hit, right? I mean, <laughs> how do you explain Tell it? Tell us, Brad. Well, but so... <laughs> It's really you know, simple. You know, it's just it's well, I mean, I don't know, but it's this. Um, <laughs> but the way you calculate your batting average is, is actually pretty simple and actually like pretty cool in my opinion because it's the number of hits, number of base hits you get for the like over divided by the number of official like at bats you get. It's not Number of times you get on base over plate appearances because that would be on base percentage. Am I right? Yep. So, yeah, like, it's it it all all it is is hits divided by at bats. That's it. Yeah, because if you get up there and you hit a sack fly, that doesn't count as a, as an at bat. If you because the ball did not get put error, in play. If you reach on an error, that's not a hit, but it counts as an at bat. That's right. So. So a lot of people really have a hard time with batting average, and there's this entire mm. faction of baseball, um, baseball, whatever that word was, baseball <laughs> fandom that <laughs> that wants to get away and just do away with batting average all the way around. I don't fit mm. that category. I'm old school. I think it tells a big chunk of the story. I think it's the most easily digestible offensive statistic. Mm. Um, and And, you know, we – a lot of people are going back and applying new saber metrics, new statistical analysis to previous seasons and even the legendary stuff, which I think is tremendous. It's super cool, but 
this one is enduring and it is a little antiquated, but it it still I think tells a segment of the story and I think that's valuable. I totally agree with you because I mean, the standard batting average, the standard for batting average has dropped with launch angle because guys are getting out a ton more. You know, there there's yes. more focus on slugging OPS. We'll get into that in a little bit. But still though, like you're, you're we're still waiting for somebody to hit 400. Yep. Right? And it's still if somebody hits 330, it's like wow 350 especially it's like wow that's awesome you know so there is still some weight put on it but it's not necessarily a statistic that's looked at like the be all end all because there are more advanced stats that that are used yeah right so yeah and obviously yeah. statistics have have come a long way because of computers and technology and all of the people that care so mm-hmm. all of those revolutionary ideas have changed the way we view baseball and baseball statistics. But mm-hmm. per- particularly interesting is the ones that have lasted forever, some of which need mm-hmm. to go away, and we'll get into that in a little bit. But I think <laughs> yeah, I, like, little... I like this one. Yeah, I, like I, one I do lot, like batting so. average. Yes. So we talked... And it is still or... tied to an award. Isn't it still tied to an award? Like the batting title, yeah. Yeah. So is it, and is so there's the legitimacy right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So I mentioned a little bit ago OPS. Now I remember like when they first started throwing OPS out there, I was like, "What on earth is <laughs> that?" And it's yeah. as simple as on base plus slugging, on base percentage plus your slugging percentage. And now th- I think those are both. I on base not so much. Right? On base percentage is pretty easy because that's all of your plate appearances. Okay? It's all the times you got on base, whether like I said, it's uh you reach on an error or you walk or get hit by a pitch, you know, however you reach right. base over your total plate appearances, the number of times you went up to the plate. And I actually really like that stat because I feel like it, it does tell a story. Because mm-hmm. there was one year, and I might be biased because of this, but there was one year in, in baseball. I had a rough season. I had a little bit of the yips after taking a fastball to the head, so I like was like terrified stepping in the box. I had like yeah. a 100 batting average, but my on base percentage was like 700. <laughs> because wow, I walked a Jeez. lot. I hit the ball hard at guys who committed errors. Um, got on with fielder's choice here and there, you know, but like, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I wasn't hitting it where they weren't, but I was getting on base and scoring. So it was like, I've, so that's like the one reason that I feel like on base percentage is still a pretty good stat. But if you add that with slugging and get your OPS and slugging is, it's slugging kind of a complicated is a, it's, one. Yeah. But it's, it's a, to simplify slugging, it's, it ca- it w- it's a weighted statistic, so it takes it the is. the it takes the player's productivity <laughs> weighted by how many bases they earned or or can uh, uh, obtain, I guess, at one right. in one at bat. So and so and the way that one it's for it's one base, bases. it's total yeah, so, bases, and that's that's why so it's a important. double is two, a triple is three, a home run is four. You add up all that's their, right. their, add up their total bases. Divide that by at bats, so yep. the equation's pretty simple. But getting to it is is pretty complicated. But you're right; it does tell it does tell a story of productivity because if a guy has a high slugging percentage and 
a middle of the road batting average, it means that when he hits the ball, he's getting the double or home run most likely. Yeah. Like like Miguel Andujar is a good example. A couple seasons ago, we called him Miggy Two Bags, because when he get there up to the go. plate, dude hit for double almost every time. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, the one that guy would be considered who, slugging. Yeah, um, the one guy who really comes to my to my mind with slugging is actually Edgar Martinez. Right, exactly. Hall of Fame because, because of he his was slugging. A, he was a doubles machine. Doubles so, and fact, home runs. A lifetime slugging of five fifteen. Yeah, and let's let's put that into perspective with today. Even with launch angle and everything, let's see where are we at here. Juan Soto is leading the league at six eighty four, which is unreal. But yeah, that's that's unreal. Six eighty four slugging is that doesn't really translate. But anyways, but no, uh, having that high of a a slugging percentage over a career. Like that's that's the first guy I think of when I think of slugging was Edgar Martinez. Yeah. So, yeah, that's so a then good you example. just take those two numbers, you add them together for OPS, and you can get kind yep. of a wonky number because we're used to um we're used to batting average being out of a thousand, on base percentage yeah, exactly. being out of a thousand. And so you can get an OPS above one. Like Juan Soto right now right. is leading MLB with a 1.160 OPS. Yep. And that's it's pretty darn good. I mean, I think he it's it's between him and uh and uh Fernando Tatis, I think for the mm-hmm. the MVP. Um Yeah, yeah. And Mookie Betts for that matter, but I think just because of the highlights, it probably end up going to be going ended up going to be Tatis, so. Yeah. Yes. So we'll get into that later. So OPS is a little bit controversial. Mm-hmm. Um because it gives your on-base percentage and your slugging percentage equal weight. And that's the only mm-hmm. like that's the main criticism I get if you could I mean that's the best way to put it, but if yeah, you were going to yeah. criticize OPS, it would be that you give offensive production in terms of extra base hits and things like that home runs etc are the same weight that you give just getting on base under any circumstances even if it's getting hit by a pitch right um and so this doesn't mean it's a bad statistic you just have to understand where its limitations are and that's Mm -hmm. pretty much the biggest criticism right and i do feel like and i've always said i feel like there is something to be said with just getting on base just getting on base. Absolutely. If you happen, and if you happen to be getting extra bases off of that, so I, I, I that's why I like OPS because it yeah. shows that you're not just a guy who gets on base, but you're a guy who's productive when he gets on base. Yeah. If there's somebody, if there's somebody standing on first base, there's a good chance. I mean, if you got a high slugging percentage, there's a good chance you could be hitting it into the alley or over the fence, and that guy's scoring. You know. I agree. So. That's that's why I really like OPS because it does give a complete picture of what what the guy is doing. So what the what the guy is capable of producing when he gets mm-hmm. in an offensive scenario. Yeah. No, I yep. agree. Exactly right. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's so, shift gears. Let's talk about pitching. Okay. 
And we'll go back to the old school earned run average, ERA is how it's listed mm-hmm. when you see it on a scorecard. And earned run average is, is again, very, very simple. It's It calculates the pitcher's um, how many runs they give up based on the number of innings they pitched and at-bats they've seen. Yeah, so it's nine times their earned runs divided yep. by their innings pitched. The innings pitched, yep. Yeah. And now so. this is it gets fractionally difficult because I mean the the equation itself is fractionally difficult because you you divide an inning into thirds. So right. that that's the only real difficulty in calculating mm-hmm. ERA. But so if a pitcher pitched, this is the example, ninety eight innings and one out and he allowed 28 earned runs, then ERA would be 28 divided by 98 plus one-third. So, and then you multiply that by nine. Anyway, the the formula is not exactly accessible. It's, it's, you can do it. I just don't like to. I like to let the scorekeepers (laughs) do it. (laughs) Because it's math. But, but here's the thing. Here's the thing that I've noticed this year is because guys are pitching so few innings outside of starters. Like you might get a reliever who comes in twice a week, three times a week, yep. and throw an yep. inning. Um, at least that's what I've noticed with the Mariners because they've got guys going up and down. But anyways, um, <laughs> this year I feel like ERA, especially for relievers, has been inflated. Um, we've talked before about how it seems like bullpens are down, um, but I do think. I do think ERAs are inflated this year with relievers. Yeah. Starters, not so much. I mean, there's there are a lot of starters who have right. been really very good, but you're also not going to be getting the sample size. You're not getting the innings pitched in the end. Um, yeah. Like, you might have unproportionately low ERAs. You might have disproportionately high ERAs, like we talked about, like inflated inflated ERAs. So. Uh, it's it's a little it is interesting to me to see that stat this year in particular because the sample size is strange. Um, yeah. But at the same time, I still I still do take it into account when I'm evaluating a pitcher. Evaluating when I'm looking at a pitcher, I don't evaluate anybody. I just watch the game. But <laughs> <laughs> don't evaluate. Yeah. I'm not a scout. I know what you meant. <laughs> when you geek out yeah right yeah exactly exactly right but like you've got shane bieber right now with the 1.74 um our guy trevor bauer 1.80 um dallas keichel is 2.04 um jacob Degrom, who is like the reigning era king and the reason it's still a valid stat is because he i mean right now he's at 2.09 and then the last two years he's been unreal with he yeah. was um let's see i had it just a second ago uh where'd it go oh my screen like refreshed and then it went all crazy but last year he was 2.43 the year before that he's 1.70 and he won cy young both years well yeah so <laughs> with a 1.70 so just for those of you yeah. that don't know anything under three is absolutely respectable yes um anything under 2.5 is incredible over a course of a 162-game season for a starting pitcher. Anything mm-hmm. under 2.5 is incredible. You're going to end up a finalist in the award you know, discussions. Mm-hmm. And then anything under 2, you're going to win. Unless there yeah. happens to be yeah. a miracle where some other guy got under 2. I have no idea mm-hmm. if that's ever happened. Well, but 
32 starts over over 32 starts a 1.70 ERA with a 10 right. and 9 and an 11 8 record respectively over those it, two years. Shocking. So it's like yeah. insane. <laughs> it really so is. in it really 2017, is. in 27, just to give you an idea, in 2017, Corey Kluber won the award at 225 at a 2.25 ERA. So it just yeah. you know the the range there. That's why 1.7 or whatever you said is is ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's bolded on baseball reference because it's obviously the best in major league that year. Because for sure. Yes. He was unhittable. And and that's one thing that I feel like is is the reason that it's uh it's a good stat is because you can you can get let a guy get on base periodically, but then sure, you know, eventually that's going to lead to a couple of runs, but the fact that he was only over the course of 9 innings, not even 2 runs were scoring because nobody was getting on base. And <laughs> I mean he gave up 10 home runs in 32 starts and then 19 home wow. runs in 32 starts last year. It's insane. It's insane. It's insane. What was his strikeout? So, Does it say? So last year he led the bigs with 255, but then the year before yeah. that he actually had 269. In 2018, we had oh. the 1.7 ERA. So that look, if you get above 250 strikeouts, mm-hmm. like that, life is good. You don't even you can be a finalist on some of these awards with fewer mm-hmm. than 250 strikeouts. But mm-hmm. but if you get up up in the 250 range, man, <laughs> that's like <laughs> incredible. Yeah, that's incredible. I mean, yep. Corey Kluber again. That 2017 won it with 265. So that was 2017. Go. I just happened to have 2017 up for some reason. I don't know. Yeah. But the range. <laughs> let's just look at strikeouts. The range in 2017: 265 for Kluber, Scherzer finalist, 268 strikeouts. Uh, Verlander 219, and then there's Kenley Jansen at 109, and Clayton Kershaw 202. So well, Kenley Jansen is a, is a closer. He's a, he's not even a starter. That's what I'm saying. So, yeah. So you have to That's... factor in, you have to take into consideration whether they're a starter or a reliever or a closer, because that yeah. is going to change everything in terms of how many times they were on the mound and how many at bats they saw and all this is a huge mess. But the, the easy control is to keep starting pitchers with starting pitchers. That's what I think. And they have the yeah, largest I sample agree. size, like you say. I agree. You know what I think they should do? They should have the Cy Young be for the starters and then have the uh, have the Mariano Rivera Award be for the best yep. reliever. I, like I 100% agree with that. Perfect. Let's write a letter to Rob. Let's do, you know what, Rob? Listen. <laughs> I know you're listening. So let me just tell you this. And then also we have this recommendation. I also have now this idea. Have Hear me out. But so please submit your resignation. Uh, I am done <laughs> having this conversation. All right. So the next statistic we got to talk about, let's talk about um, wins above replacement. We call it war. war. It's yeah. It's vital in today's game. It, Nobody is, it is. It's so it, funny that war is like the stat because it is yeah. so hard to calculate. Like it is like oh, yeah. impossible if you don't have a supercomputer, it feels like. Because so there's so check much it out. that goes into it. I'm gonna tell you what the equation is. Okay. Do it. It's batting runs 
plus base running runs plus fielding runs plus positional adjustment. Nobody knows what that means. Plus <laughs> league adjustment, even more vague and unapparent. And then replacement runs. I don't even know what that means. You multiply, you add all those up, and then it becomes parenthetical. So you're going to multiply it against the division of runs per win. So, <laughs> yeah, so easy. Uh, oh, no, yeah, caveman could do here's it, right? <laughs> here's, here's the thing that I want to clarify with war is that it is not like it, it is. It's wins above replacement, but it is not the comparison of your starting center fielder over his backup. Like they're not saying like, let, let me look up Mike Trout real quick. Cause he is like, great. I always call him the God of war because he always leads the league in war because he's amazing. And used to for a long time. I was like, I was like, well, of course he's leading the league in before I actually understood war. I was like, of course he's leading the league in war because the angels aren't worried about getting a good center fielder because they got Mike Trout for however long. You know, but yeah. that's not actually how it works. Right. right. You gotta, no, 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 there's it's a not. bunch that goes into it. Production, the fact that you're driving in runs. He's got a war of 1.4 this season. Um, yeah. And that's not even the best in me. baseball right now. No, it's not. But it, it seems low to me. But also, he's not. he doesn't have anybody to drive in. He's driving in himself. Um, that's right. But, but, yeah, like that's one thing that's really cool is that it takes into account how's he hitting with guys on base? What's he doing once he gets on base? How is he defensively? Is he saving runs or is he giving up runs by you know the way he plays defensively? Things like that. It's actually a really cool stat when you understand, you know, this is what all goes into it, and yeah. this is how you can compare one against another. So, yeah, I used to hate no, it because I, I was dumb, and then when I learned how it, learned how it worked, I was like, oh yeah, that's real cool. Yeah, so the reason the reason everybody's all hot and bothered about war, in case you don't know, is because the, it 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 attempts to effectively compare your effectiveness on the field holistically, and to take into consideration things like defense, and that's a really really hard thing to calculate and and effectively measure, but um, yeah, this this is what this stat attempts to do offensive and defensive combined your presence on the field when your team won or not, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. Because if you think about it, especially, and this is an especially important stat for MVP award, because like we said, I mean, as a Mariners fan, anytime Mike Trout steps up to the plate, okay, I'm worried about a home run. Okay. He sure. hit a single. Well, he's going to be on second in a couple seconds here. Cause he's going to steal the base. <laughs> He's going to steal base. Yeah. Mike Trout on second. Well, that's dangerous because all they have to do is hit a blooper and he's scoring because he's so fast. That's like, right. It puts that kind of worry of a guy that you're seeing on the field into numbers, which, like I said, I, is awesome. It's not worry, Brad. It's worry. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, man. That's a pun. <laughs> We've been teaching Wilson what? about puns lately, and so he's like trying all the time to make all these punny jokes, and <laughs> he gets it sometimes, but most of the time he doesn't because he's six. But <laughs> they're all yeah, it's all bad. Yeah. <laughs> so okay, uh, the last. Let's get into the last 
uh, statistic we want to talk about that we think that is, you know it's generated a lot of attention. It's it's uh-huh. walks plus hits per inning pitched. It's it's whip, whip walks plus hits per inning pitched. It's a, again it's another sabermetric measurement, mm-hmm. and it what it does is it calculates the number of base runners that a pitcher has allowed per inning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just base runners of any kind. So mm-hmm. walks. Yeah, so it's, I mean, it uh, is exactly what it sounds like. Walks plus hits divided hits by, by pitch. innings pitch. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so you can have a guy who has a relatively high whip, but has a low ERA. That means he's relying entirely on, entirely on his defense. Like give that defense some credit because they're bailing him out. Or you can have a guy who has a low whip and a high ERA it's giving up a lot of home runs. Right. So so I, I have heard this referred to as a good fantasy baseball stat, but on the other hand, I feel like it it (laughs) gives a good idea of the quality of a pitcher, right? Like low whip, low ERA. That's a great pitcher right there. Very, very good. There you go. Yeah, exactly. You have to combine them and that's, that's the same mm-hmm. with war, I think, or I'm excuse me, not war. That's what war attempts to communicate with. If you were to take OPS and batting average, and mm-hmm. you know, if you kind of put all that together, you might get a really good idea of a guy's offensive production capabilities. It's the same mm-hmm. thing with this, right? If you throw ERA and WHIP together, you end up with a pretty good idea of what the pitcher's capable of. Yeah. So, like, this is this is a, a good one. I feel like I just kind of went into a little bit. So you got Clayton Kershaw, who actually leads. The major leagues in whip with point seven five five, yeah, but he is down to eighth on ERA, which is still good. He's two point one five, but to me that says most of his runs are coming off of home runs, which I feel like we see because sometimes that curveball doesn't exactly curve as much as he wants it to. It doesn't. It doesn't break. And it yeah, goes a long ways. So yeah, mm-hmm. so I feel like that that's actually like a perfect example right there of. It is the, the perfect example whip against ERA. So, yeah. Well, and that's why you, that's cool why stat. we brought up these statistics. So, because mm-hmm. it'll give you an idea of how to evaluate everything in mm-hmm. tandem. You can't just like anything else. You shouldn't take just one piece of the information. You have to look at things holistically, if at all possible. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And these are these are the statistics we think you should know in order to take a closer look at what is actually happening. On the field, if yeah. you care. And it, or if you don't care, that's fine. You can be an intuitive baseball fan, just like I am. And you're like, oh, that's interesting. I like this guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why? Yeah, well, I the, don't know. And the other I, reason, too, I like is, this like, guy. <laughs> is like, if, depending on how much you watch baseball, like if you're like really watching deep and you're getting into like the awards races, like the MVP and, and everything, Cy Young, then these are yeah. the things that they're going to be talking about quite a bit when it comes to those. So... We want to help yep. you know what know what they mean. So that's right. No, I think they're important and they do tell the story. So, um, yeah, Brad. Yeah, Brad. What's up? Hey, Brad. Yeah. Hey, what are you wearing? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, so tonight I actually have my pirate baseball hat. Woo-hoo. I I love this hat. Like it's it's so cool. Love it. And I'm wearing my uh, Autism Together, my Baseball Together Autism Awareness shirt, royal blue. Nice. You can see it. 
looks it's, this is another one of my favorite shirts i wear this combination all the time i think i said that when jason was on because i love the royal blue and the black and also i mean personally i have i mean the reason we decided to do the the autism awareness shirts is because of my daughter um my four-year-old stella is nonverbal autistic for those of you who don't know so we decided you know what let's uh put together a shirt for a cause we believe in and that's that's one of them that we both obviously <laughs> believe in so that's where the autism awareness shirt comes from so yeah no, it's awesome. You can find all of that and more at 9plusus.com. It's N-I-N-E-P-L-U-S-U-S dot com. Um, new stuff's coming out. We say it every time because it's true every time. So mm-hmm. jump on there. Find yourself something nice. We'd love to hear from you. Tell us what you think and how you feel about the stuff we have on the shop. And if you have any special requests, the way we roll is if you help us come up with the design and we go ahead and produce it, you get a free one. So jump on. The best way to do that is to jump on the Facebook group at Nine Plus Us VIPs on Facebook. The easiest way to find us there is to jump on the Nine Plus Us open page, navigate to Groups tab, and then request access. So request to join. It's free. It doesn't cost anything. We want you in our baseball family. That's where we we consider everybody there part of our baseball family. We want you to join us. And that's honestly, if you're interested in submitting ideas for our shop, that's the easiest way to do it. For sure. And don't forget to like, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. If you subscribe on Facebook, be sure to hit that little bell so you don't miss anything. I've been back. I've been actually better about breaking the podcast on YouTube into segments again. So if you don't have time to watch the whole thing, you can go back and you can watch each individual segment by themselves. So I mean, it's eventually it's going to take the same amount of time, but if you just want to watch a little bits at a time, that's just fine too. So go ahead and, and watch those segments, watch the whole thing. If you want, make sure you give us a like, like I said, and, uh, leave us a comment. If you want, if there's anything you ever want to hear about anything, or you just want to leave us a comment, anything, go ahead, drop it in YouTube. We'll see it for sure. You can send us a letter and email in the mailbag. Nobody sends the letters anymore, Brig. You can send an email uh, in the mailbag and we'll give you a shout out on the podcast. But anyways, baseball family, it's been fun, and we will catch you next week.